you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I think Trevor can be an international superstar. You know, there's not many football players that become international superstars. And we get three-man rush. Lawrence slips a shot downfield, and he has T. Higgins. Watching him at the opening, saying this guy could go to an NFL training camp right now uh, and throw one-on-one, throw routes on air, and look like an NFL quarterback. Lawrence just launches freshman versus freshman, and Rush makes a catch on the far sideline. I, I, I can't really recall anyone like him that had the combination of that size and speed and and arm talent. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. Hey, everyone. It's Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks. And I'm Bucky Brooks, and this is Trevor Lawrence's 360. Well, Buck, I know Jacksonville Jaguar fans are, are fired up about Trevor Lawrence being their new quarterback after he is the first overall pick. Uh, but they're going to learn a little bit more about Trevor Lawrence today because we're going to have a chance to talk to a lot of folks who know him very well. 
Yeah, DJ, this is a really deep dive into Trevor Lawrence and all things Trevor Lawrence. We can talk to his college coach, Dabo Sweeney. We can talk to his family members. We can talk to the mayor of Cartersville, who also called Trevor Lawrence's game in high school, Trent Dilfer. And we're going to talk to his private quarterback coach, Ron Ville, just to get a deeper perspective on who Trevor Lawrence is and who he was coming up. Yeah, this is somebody, Buck, you know him going back to high school and not a surprise. He left high school as the number one recruit in the country. Um, he arrives at Clemson and he delivers in a big way. Um, I think we both agree he's the best player in this year's draft class and somebody that, again, I think you got to be fired up in Jacksonville because everything he can do. I don't know where the limits are with this kid. Look, man, he's a very talented player. He's a five star talent, uh, tremendous combination of arm talent, athleticism, uh, intelligence, instincts, natural leadership skills and a big stage performer. And when you think about a guy who has been a QB one since he was 15 or 16 years old, he has always lived up to the hype. Um, the Jaguars are getting a franchise quarterback, arguably the first time they've had a franchise quarterback in their franchise history. Yeah, it's not going to be too big for him. I think that's something you're going to learn as you go and through this audio podcast and listen to all of these interviews. Um, the first interview, though, is one that just recently took place, and it's with Trevor Lawrence himself. This is him talking with the media the day he was drafted. Coach Meyer, the biggest thing is that he's a winner. You've seen he's done that his whole career, so I'm really excited to be a part of that. You want to invest in the community. Why is that so important to you wherever you go? Yeah, I think it's just important to be normal, you know, and that's that's one way to do that is by plugging into the community, investing in the community and just caring about the people around you. Um, and that's kind of been something that me and Marissa want to do wherever we were going to end up. And now that we officially know that it's Jacksonville, we just can't wait to get started. And, and like I said, to plug in and just love all the people around us. So uh, it's a lot of fun and just super excited for it. So I'm curious about um, what you view as your biggest challenges to adjust your game to the NFL level. And are there NFL quarterbacks that you have you have studied, tried to to learn things from as you prepare for this? Yeah, I think um, obviously just making that transition from college to the NFL, it's kind of a holistic approach. Like you got to kind of get better at everything. So I'm just trying to fine tune footwork mechanics mentally get sharper um and then now it's transitioning to like let's, let's learn the playbook let's get ready you know for camp and um but like i said the main thing is is getting there and adjusting to new teammates and coaches and really just seamlessly fitting in and um i think like i said earning the respect and trust of your teammates is, is huge to me and then um but like you said the guys i watch russell wilson's definitely one um just guys that are super efficient they're really smart the way they play, uh, methodical. I think Aaron Rodgers is is a great example of that. There's, I mean, there's a ton. And then Tom Brady, obviously, has been doing it for forever. So watching him, someone that's that consistent, I think you can always learn something from him. So those are some guys that I like to watch. There's obviously a ton more. I thought it was interesting there, Buck, talking about him watching Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Um, pretty good guys to study, don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I think Trevor Lawrence gets it. I think he understands what is expected of him as the face of the franchise. And more importantly, I think he understands what he's tasked with in terms of turning around a franchise that has really struggled in recent years. And so as he continues to work in lockstep with Urban Meyer, as he continues to be Urban Meyer's number one representative for the new culture that's in Jacksonville, I think he gets it. And sometimes it's hard for quarterback and head coaches to get on the same page. 
I believe he is definitely on the same page as Urban Meyer because I think he's just one of those special players who gets it on and off the field. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Coach Urban Meyer there, somebody that we've had a chance to talk to several times on the podcast. Um, had a chance following the draft. We had him on the network coverage, and I got a chance to ask him uh, you know, about Trevor Lawrence and if he hits the checklist at the quarterback position, a checklist he's talked with us uh, numerous times about. You know, Daniel, the thing that was really uh, neat, Shad, our owner, Shad Khan, really wanted Trevor right out of the get-go. When the first time I spoke to him and and uh, you know, I, I explained to him that this is arguably the biggest decision, you know, that I'll make certainly in professional football in this organization. I said, let us do our work. You know, let us, you know, I just I I, I love Trevor. I've known him a long time, I witnessed it, but I, I have two veteran NFL quarterback coaches in Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. Let us let us go to work for a month. And our coaches did. And I always like to, you know, you earn things. And, and the really cool thing is that in the Jaguars' opinion, Trevor Lawrence earned the right to be the first pick. And that was through the Zoom calls, multiple. Uh, we were testing him, quizzing him, grinding him. And uh, he passed with flying colors. So he did a great job. Uh, that's pretty cool, Buck, the fact that they really made him earn it. You know, even though everything pointed towards him, it wasn't a foregone conclusion. They made him go through the process, all the Zoom interviews, um, all the learning, all the quizzing. And, uh, you know, obviously, in his words, pass with flying colors. This is one thing that I love about Coach Meyer. We've talked to him a few different times about how he's built cultures in previous spots. But I think this is what you have to have. Your best players have to be your hardest workers and your best leaders. And I think right out the gate, they're putting Trevor in a situation where he can earn his stripes, not only just to see if he's worthy of being number one, but they can already put the wheels in motion for him to be the leader of the team. And that is something that you can't give a player. You have to earn that. The fact that he went through the process and made sure that he showed the Jaguars, without a doubt, that he was deserving of being number one, I think that matters. And that is a launching pad for him to be the leader of this franchise very, very early in his career. No doubt. Um, all right, well, let's get to some of these other guests here. Uh, we're going to start with the younger years here for for Trevor, his development, the recruiting process, and just his, his high school years in general. So to kick that off, uh, I had a chance to visit with the head coach at Clemson, Dabo Sweeney. You know, it, it's, it's how you win. Do you win by sacrificing and compromising and, and, and using young people? Or do you win uh, with love and, and, you know, compassion and development uh, and, and equipping young people uh, with, with a great experience and great tools for life. That's, that's really, you know, how we've gone about our business here. And Trevor has just come in here and, and stepped right into that, uh, you know, role. I mean, he's the epitome of that. He, he comes in, you talk about developing. Yeah, he's a highly recruited guy, but he's got to come in. He's got to earn it. That's the other thing. You got to earn it here. No, we don't give anybody anything. We're not entitling anybody. You got, you're, you're empowered. You're not entitled. You got to go earn it. And Trevor was that way in the recruiting process. Just a very humble kid, committed December of his junior year. I mean, at that point, we had we had the number one quarterback in the country committed to Clemson as a senior. He was a senior in high school, and we had like a top twenty quarterback. We had two quarterbacks in that senior class, and he and then we had Kelly Bryant and Zarek Cooper and all these guys on the roster, and then he commits December of his junior year. And to this day, this is one of the things I've told a lot of people about him. <laughs> he never asked me about another quarterback. 
in the recruiting process. Not like, like not wow. a single conversation. It was all about Clemson, what our program's all about, the people, you know, uh, the, the, that's all our offense, you know, the style of play, you know, receivers, those type of things. He never asked me, not one time. So you're talking about a kid that's not afraid to compete, uh, you know, and he came in, he, he committed December of his junior year, and it was over. Like, never another discussion <laughs> about recruiting with Trevor Lawrence. He just went on about his business, being a, a high school junior, being a high school senior, you know, just being a kid, enjoying his journey. And I can honestly say that about that guy. He has truly enjoyed his journey. He enjoyed being a freshman. He enjoyed camp. He enjoyed spring practice. I mean, and watching him come in here and and have this self-awareness to him. Yeah, he knows he's really talented, but he's never satisfied. And he knew he needed to get bigger, stronger, faster, more knowledgeable, all these things. And to watch him attack that process uh, with just great joy in his journey was really cool. And, and you know, proved that he could, he, he deserved to be the guy, had to go earn it. And then he does that. Well, then let's, you know, become a leader of the offense. Well, then it's let's become a leader of the team. Then it was let's become a leader of college football, you know, and let's become a leader in your community. And so it just watching him go through that journey, it's been pretty special and do it with such grace and such humility and with the brightest of the brightest of the brightest lights and unbelievable scrutiny. You know what these kids go through today is so different than when, when we were coming up. You know, I mean, the scrutiny mm-hmm. is unbelievable, but. There's never been a guy more prepared than Trevor. He's been dealing with this since the ninth grade. When he won the job as a 14-year-old at Cartersville, which is a great program, and he beat out a senior quarterback, a really talented player, who, by the way, was the starting tight end at Alabama this year. Okay, but he had been a quarterback wow. up until Trevor made him a tight end. And uh, in, in, in the rest of history, he's going to get to be drafted this year uh, as well. In fact, he was at his wedding. And you know, you, you so think about wow. that. You know, a senior in high school, I mean, a great player, Division One guy, who, whose who's path changed because of Trevor, you know, but but you got to give that kid a lot of credit. He stayed at Cartersville and said, hey, well, look, this guy, you know, I'll, I'll move to another position. Next thing you know, he signs as a tight end at Alabama, and now he's getting ready to be drafted. Uh, and I think that says a lot about that young man as well. I got a chance to see him at Trevor's wedding. Here's a 14-year-old with the weight of a whole program. I mean, I mean, a town Cartersville is Friday night lights. Now this is a, this is, this is <laughs> big time high school football. Like they're passionate about it. And here's this 14 year old with long hair. It's six, six. First time I met, him, I couldn't believe it. I mean, when he walked in the, in the room, but just the expectations, the scrutiny, the social media, you know, the, you know, then you get into the seven on sevens, the elite 11s. You're supposed to win every week, you know, all that. And then you're supposed to come to Clemson. You're supposed to win the job. You're supposed to go to a national championship. You're supposed to do this, this, this. And, you know, you're supposed to be the number one pick. He's been dealing with this stuff forever. But guess mm-hmm. what? That's his norm. That's that's what he's used to. That's normal to him. Uh, but the beautiful thing about him is he's not, he's not driven by that stuff. He is a very... That's why he fit our program very well, because he's a very inside out person. He's he's strong in his faith, incredibly strong in his faith. Uh, he, he's driven by that. He's grounded by that. I mean, he just married his middle school sweetheart. You know, they've been dating since middle school, all through high school, all through college. Can you imagine Trevor Lawrence walking around on a college campus? <laughs> you know, I mean, but yet he's 
very loyal and committed and simple. You know, Buck, one of the interesting things from Dabo there, I thought, you know, going back to high school, when you're a freshman, you beat out a, 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 a Division One caliber athlete, which he did in, the, in Miller Forrestall uh, there at Cartersville High School. I mean, that's when you're starting your, your, your career off on the right foot. Yeah, I, I, I think there is something to that because I, 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 that takeaway stood out to me that Trevor was a freshman in high school and he beat out a guy who was a D1 player. Um, but the other thing, when Dabo talks about Trevor Navarro asked about other quarterbacks along the way, uh, he was focused, I mean, on his own process, didn't worry about competition and all the other guys. And for a, a five-star recruit, a guy who has been celebrated as maybe QB1, uh, to never worry about those things, it speaks volumes about his confidence and his self-esteem that he didn't let insecurities kind of get in the way of what he wanted to accomplish. Uh, very comfortable in his own skin. I think we can definitely get that vibe, and you'll get that vibe as well as we go through these interviews. You're going to hear from Dabo a little bit later on as well. Um, but as we're talking about his development, there's nobody better to talk to when you're talking about a player's development than his parents. Uh, and we had a chance to visit with Jeremy and Amanda Lawrence uh, about their son, Trevor. Jeremy and Amanda, I, I guess my first question would be, uh, at what point in time did you realize that, that your son, Trevor, was a good athlete. Forget good football player, but what, what was that moment like where you went, okay, this this kid's pretty good? Three or four years old, he was very athletic and enjoyed playing everything. So didn't know about football at that point, obviously, but, but three or four years old. Yeah, and when he you was know, it, five, he was on the soccer team because he was not able to play uh, football yet. He wasn't old enough. He didn't meet the age requirement. And so, like, he would just get the ball and score. And finally, the coach of the other team was like, listen, you got to take him out because he is just making all the goals. And it, it was a it was on a rec team. It was a church league team so, team so that they didn't, you know, really keep score that much anyway. But every time the ball was passed, like, Trevor would get it and go score. And they're like, okay, you got to take him out. <laughs> well, that speaks a little bit to his competitiveness. When did you guys discover that part of his personality, how competitive he was? Uh, younger, two or three. He was yeah, he's he always, was been, always been very, he was more vigorously intense back then. You could really see it. You don't see a lot of it now. He's very competitive, but he was very, you would have thought he would have been a linebacker at, at that age. He was yeah, really, really vocal and aggressive. Yeah. Amanda, I'm curious what your thoughts were on him playing football. I mean, I know where the where the grades he's had. He's an academic All-American. So I, I'm curious, what was that like the first time he decided he was going to go in, in, into the football business? Well, really, I mean, I guess I really didn't think that much about it because my brothers are football players. So I grew up with football. And I mean, they were football players. Obviously, they're not now. But um, yeah, I grew up with football and you know, I was just glad Trevor had the, the football being the quarterback because I could tell what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so in thinking about him becoming a quarterback, was that something that was just his calling? Was he just drawn to that position or did he have a, a coach that said, hey, you know what? I think you'd be a really good quarterback. He was drawn to it and, and he was a natural to it. I mean, we, as he got older we did some camps and uh at 13 i started putting him with the trainer some but he, he was just a natural at it and uh 
really like to, to throw and work at it. So, you know, he was just blessed with that ability to throw the football. Jeremy, I want to go back to you on this one real quick. High school, he starts as a freshman. Um, and then next, you know, as the high school career goes on, you know, multiple state championships, he ends up being the number one recruit in the country. Um, wh- when was the time where you started realizing, okay, this is not just, he's not just a big deal in our town. Uh, he's becoming a national recruit here and a national figure in the sport. After his, in the spring, after his freshman year, um, you know, All-American honors and recruiting stepped up. So, I mean, we, we saw things in the eighth grade that were kind of heading in that direction, but nothing like after his freshman year in high school. He was uh, Max Preps freshman All-American and All-State and all that stuff. So, um, it did not slow down after that. And, and so you talk about it not slowing down. How was he able to handle the weight of expectations when he became a big name? I think he's handled it very well. He's still the same guy uh, as before um, with family. And, you know, he had exposure to it really young, 14 years old. So uh, the downside of that is he was 14 years old. So you lose, you know, you don't necessarily want kids at that age to have to deal with so much. But uh, by the time he made it to college, it really helped him because he had been exposed to the media, exposed to a lot of pressure, you know, all the things that go along um, with that. handled pressure pretty well. I mean, you know, with all the the fame as it's grown, um, he's he's really done well with it. He's always stayed pretty focused and, you know, just handled all, even the praise and the criticism very well. It's crazy, Bucky, how the uh, the recruiting thing has changed. You know, it used to be after your junior year, that's when the recruiting process starts. Uh, now it's pretty much over by then. I mean, this he, he knew his son was a national recruit after his freshman year in high school. Yeah, I, I mean, big time. And big time from a small town. It, one, the high school program that he played at, at Cartersville was outstanding. I mean, you talk about a team that was a perennial power. He takes over all the pressure and expectations for him to keep that thing going. And he was able to. But two, emerging quickly as a national recruit and getting the interest. But Trevor not really being phased by it. Um, once again, I, I think one of the things that we'll, we'll hear from those who know him well, um, the pressure and the hype and all those other things never really impacted the way he played. And I think it takes a very, very mature young player to be able to handle those things without it kind of creeping in and filtering into their play. Well, I think, you know, when you talk about being even uh, even killed, it's probably a skill set that would serve you well in the art world. Um, I bring that up because one of the more fascinating things about Trevor is his family. And it is his brother, Chase, who is actually an artist, uh, an accomplished artist. Um, and to me, you look at two guys grow up in the same household and pursue different passions. Uh, both do them very well. Um, and I think there's some similarities you can learn from the two of them, uh, which is why we wanted to talk with Chase to get his take uh, on growing up with Trevor and what that was like. So here's our conversation with Chase Lawrence. What was it like uh, growing up in, in the household there? And I would love to know how you got on your path that led you to be a very successful painter and sculptor. Um, well, Trevor always played sports and like loved baseball, loved basketball, pretty much everything except soccer. I remember when he was in kindergarten, uh, they wouldn't let him play football, so all he could do is play soccer, and he like 
mowed everyone down. <laughs> so uh, he he always played uh, sports and loved it. And I, you know, I tried to play basketball. I liked it when I was really young. And then as I got older, I kind of, you know, I didn't have as, have as much of an interest and in everything. But um, he was busy all the time when we were kids. So, um, you know, with sports and everything. So, like, I didn't really even see him a whole lot, like, once he was, like, in middle school. Um, and then into high school, he was just always busy. But uh, we got to hang out, like, on the weekends and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, as far as me and art goes, I always uh, was a drawer and a painter. Uh, that was kind of all I ever really wanted to do professionally. Um, and I kind of set my mind to that uh, around my middle school years. I think around like seventh grade, I was like, I'm going to do it no matter what. I put all my eggs in one basket <laughs> and uh, and then I went to art school and here we are. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. So you talked about you guys like obviously developing your passions or finding your passions early middle school, you with art, uh, Trevor, obviously with sports and football. What is it like? Because you guys are, I'm sure, sibling, you have a little bit of that competitiveness, but in your own field, what was it like in that household? You guys pursuing two completely different tracks, but supporting one another. Um, so crazy thing is I, you can ask anyone. I'm not a competitive person at all. So competition doesn't even like exist in my mind uh, as far as like personal, personal things go. But um. So I never felt like everyone asked me that they're like, well, how did you feel growing up? Uh, you know, Trevor being like an all-star athlete and everyone is giving him all this attention. Um, and I just, I was just happy and proud of him. And like, I had never felt jealous or anything like that. Um, but uh, also my family, you know, they love sports and, you know, sports is a lot more popular to your lay person than art is so like people just go crazy over sports and um so i was kind of like the black sheep of the family but my family's you know i'm close with all of them so you know we all have a great relationship and everything but um yeah i think trevor started caring more about art and uh kind of what i was doing more you know as he was like in his maybe junior senior year of high school and then i think that's around the time i started caring more about what he did as well <laughs> so we talk about how you guys can be different but i'd be curious as somebody who knows very little about art uh, i'm gonna be full, fully honest here but i would imagine to, <laughs> to finish and complete a project has to require tremendous poise and focus and I mean, because those are two of the attributes when we watch and study, you know, Trevor, we would say, OK, those are two of his greatest attributes. Uh, do you see that? Is there a parallel? Is there a connection there? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the concept of that skill is exactly the same, but the way it's executed and uh, the way it is in action is different because timing with him is like everything's a split second. Uh, you have to be a very quick thinker. And I think with me, it's uh, or with art and artist, it's more of a slow thinking process. Um, but it's the same type of like problem solving um, execution. And thinking about that, you talk about the, the creative mind and the creative aspect of what you have, while it also retains a level of discipline. If Trevor was ever to come to you utilizing your experience as an artist, to help him as a player, what kind of advice would you give him in terms of helping him become great in his own respective field? 
um, embrace the creativity. People don't think, you know, athletes are creatives, uh, but, and maybe, you know, they're not always exactly, but I think quarterbacks are especially creative as athletes because you have to see, you know, the whole picture, all the different ways you can go, all the, all the intricacies and details of like how you're gonna, you know, dodge the other players and, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to visually make sense of what's going on and, and find the solution. And I think that is, I mean, almost like the definition of creativity. So is there a story uh, when Trevor was growing up where you, where you saw him actually uh, have a temper, maybe a temper tantrum or he got <laughs> a little upset or we saw some some of that raw emotion come out because you guys seem so chill. Yeah, so this is funny. I tell everyone this, and my my dad does too, and my mom, and our grandparents, ever the whole family really. Um, so I ne- he never really had a temper that I remember, but when he was a kid, he was insane. I mean, he would never wear clothes. He would run down the street butt naked. Uh, he would jump on coffee tables. He would say like the most embarrassing out of pocket stuff in public in stores wherever we were at. And, uh, man, we thought he was going to be so wild as he got older and really be a handful, but he is now like the complete opposite. So it's fascinating how, uh, how he is now, (laughs) because that is not the same child. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So it's funny that you say that because he does always appear to be really cool and composed and poised. Um, he is, is his demeanor like, is he really like that all the time? Um, I always say this in like every interview, like Trevor's very like goofy and always joking. He's like never serious. Um, unless, you know, we're having like a heart to heart discussion or something, but even then he still cracks a few jokes. But, um, when he's like being interviewed or something, he gets like this, like interview face on, he's like very like serious and. Um, almost like monotone a little bit and I'm probably the same way but uh, when we're just hanging out and stuff he's just so silly and just a jokester and uh, a super lighthearted guy um, and it's just kind of like a completely different side of him that I feel like a lot of like fans and stuff don't don't actually see but um, it looks like he has a bright future ahead of him so I'm sure it'll start coming out more First of all, Buck, from Chase's standpoint, impressive to me that not not an ounce of jealousy. And I, I mean, I 100% believe him. Uh, they're growing up in a household with a guy who's really, he's famous. I mean, as a high schooler, he's famous in your town as well as nationally. Um, but again, I think it's just a very rooted, grounded, uh, you know, atmosphere and home that Trevor Lawrence grew up in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's very supportive. I actually um, believe that his brother's path, a different path as a sculptor and artist may have helped Trevor, may help Trevor when he talks about tapping into that creativity and kind of forging your own path. I think it is a unique thing, but I think Chase gave great insight into Trevor and how Trevor was competitive and kind of how he he was almost like a man amongst boys from the time that he was very, very little and all the attention that he had on him for his athletic exploits. And once again, how it didn't really impact him it didn't change who he was as a person now uh this next guest you you might ask why in the world are we going to talk to the mayor 
of Cartersville. Uh, well, because he was also the uh, he was a guy who was calling the games for the local radio station. So he called Trevor Lawrence's games. Uh, and Buck, you had a chance to to visit with Matt Santini. Trevor's going to roll to his right on third down, looking to throw under a little bit of pressure. Now he's going to stop. He's going to run to his left, and he's going to float it to the end zone. He's got a man out there. EJ Turner, did he get it in bounds? Touchdown! What a play by Trevor. Proud to have the mayor of Cartersville, Georgia, and also radio broadcaster at WBHF in Georgia, Matt Santini. Thanks for joining the MTS podcast. How you doing? Thank you, Bucky. Pleasure to be with you. Talk about uh, one of our hometown heroes. Uh, and speaking of uh, hometown hero, obviously Trevor Lawrence is a big deal down there. But before we get to that, I want to know, how do you juggle duties of being the mayor of the town and also uh, the play-by-play voice of the high school games at the high school? Well, that is a great question. Uh, the mayor's position in Cartersville is a part-time position. We have a city manager form of government. So I get to manage the meetings, be involved with a lot of economic development and policy issues. I'm not responsible for all the day-to-day operations Fortunately, we've got a professional for that. Running the radio station gets tricky sometimes. Uh, for instance, that new car I'm driving, we will not do a story on all the money that's missing from City Hall. <laughs> that's pretty funny there, Mayor. Now, obviously, everyone is excited about Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure he is celebrated in that hometown. But let's go all the way back. What was it like the first time that you saw Trevor Lawrence? You know, the story to Trevor really begins before he was even in high school. People were talking about this eighth grade kid. And Cartersville has a very storied uh, football program. And so they've had success. And so it's nothing to see kids come through and have a great deal of success. But when, you know, you hear about this eighth grader that's going to be coming up and, and plays quarterback and might potentially be this fantastic player, it was, you know, you get kind of skeptical and you be real careful about trying to over promote, you know, 13 or 14 year old kids. They are actually that just kids, but it didn't take long. That It was that first year where he was a freshman. He was rotating uh, quarterback duties with Miller Forrestal, who went on to play at Alabama. And, uh, you know, it was the second game. It really was when they were playing North Cobb. They actually ended up losing the football game, uh, but Miller had gotten hurt. And so the keys were really turned over to Trevor at that point. They lost the game by one, but it wasn't for lack of any effort on his, he, he played a fantastic game. And from there, he just kind of knew that there was something special about this kid. And from there, he just kind of took off. And it, it was really amazing. The arm strength and the where he places the football from from the time he was a freshman early in the season was, was just remarkable. Yeah, it has to be uncommon to see a young guy handle uh, the responsibilities of being the starting quarterback on varsity with the level of, I don't know, precision and production that – uh, Trevor was able to do. So what are some of the highlights that you can remember of Trevor Lawrence's high school career? I look back at his, the, really his sophomore year, there were a lot of great accomplishments there. The state championship game, a game that Cartersville won only 10 to nothing. It wasn't a great statistical game, but his leadership was was very evident. And, you know, it's the, the thing that I've told people from the very beginning, you see the long hair and you think, oh, he's he doesn't he, you know, they, he, everybody calls him sunshine. You know, try to relate to to remember the Titans. I, I've told people since before he left Cartersville, it's like, man, the thing that people forget about or they, they miss on him. He's faster than you think he is. He's deceptively elusive and he likes contact a lot more than people think. He has always been a super competitor, a super leader. 
and and again a level of toughness that goes I think still kind of underrated you know it's funny because you talk about those traits I believe uh humility is a trait that is also associated with Trevor Lawrence uh do you have any examples of how humble Trevor Lawrence is despite all the accolades that have come his way I, I can probably talk more about that, seeing what he's done and the person he is off the field than I can on the field. Um, you know, I, I look at the fact that on Fridays he would go to the elementary school and visit with with kids who just wanted to see him and meet him. Uh, I remember going out to a local restaurant and he was there with his uh, girlfriend, now fiance, soon to be wife, uh, enjoying lunch. And there were adults coming up to him, uh, wanting to try to talk to him. And I also saw a number of other high school players that obviously weren't nearly as good as him who were acting like they were a lot better than, uh, you know, they, they had that high school attitude, you know, just acting like here I am, I'm a high school football player and look at, look at me. And, and he just sat there quietly in the corner and was eating his lunch and being respectful to everybody. I think about really his time at Clemson. There's a, a young man here who had a heart transplant, uh, had an unexpected heart issue and, and Trevor, you know, really snuck back into town. I say he, he came home. There wasn't a lot of fanfare and came to visit the the young man who, uh, you know, just to bring him a jersey and tell him he's thinking about him. It's it's those types of things that really stand out to me with the person that Trevor Lawrence is. It's, it's really the things off the field. And I've said it, there's a lot of adults that can learn how to behave as a good human being from this very young man. Yeah, there are a lot of people that can learn a lot of different things from Trevor Lawrence. You talked about his personality, his humility, the leadership ability. But there are a lot of people that are really fascinated by the talent. So you have to tell me about this 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 throw that I keep hearing about. It's called the throw versus Mary Pearson in the playoffs, the semifinals back in 2016. What am I missing? Tell me about the throw. It just came uh, coming off that big win on the road against Woodward Academy. They, they were at home. You had to feel good about it. And right out of the gate, Cartersville was down 14 to nothing. There was a very rare turnover and, and touchdown and, and then another quick touchdown. So there's Cartersville playing at home down 14 to nothing. He leads them down the field. And uh, it was, I can't remember the down, but I, I remember him just rolling to his right uh, and everybody was covered. He, he pump faked. Uh, the, quarter, the linebacker jumps in there. He does a total spin around and turns to his left, throws it across the field, and drops it right over the shoulder of a receiver on the other side of the field uh, and got, got his foot in bounds, and it was a touchdown. And from there, they they went on and won that game uh, rather largely after that. But again, down 14 to nothing, had the, had the presence to make this great athletic play. I'm sure it's one of uh, a ton of highlight plays that he made during his time at Cartersville. Are there any other highlight plays that stand out to you? Well, I think from a highlight perspective, I'll tell you the thing that, that sticks out in my mind is enjoying watching him play at Clemson. It was one of the first nationally televised games that he was on and watching the announcers. He was having a big game. I can't remember the opponent. But listening to the announcers towards the end of the game, trying to come up with something different to say and trying to come up words to describe what he was doing. And I remember putting out on social media, I said, I'm enjoying watching that. I had to come up with four years worth of, of words to try to describe what this guy is doing. And, and they were having trouble getting through one college football game with it. That's that's part of the that, that's part of what I'll remember the most. Uh, the other part that I remember is there's a, a local team up here that 
their student-run Twitter site decided that they were going to try to talk a little bit of trash about coming into town and, you know, getting some revenge for a big game that Cartersville had won rather handily the year before. And Trevor, uh, they tweeted at him, and that wasn't a good thing to do. And, you know, he's real responsible on social media, too. And he just tweeted out two words, wrong move. And uh, shortly after that, their Twitter account apologized. And uh, after that, uh, they came to Cartersville. I, actually, it was uh, we went up to Cartersville to Calhoun and won that game by a count of fifty-eight to six. <laughs> it was over early. So obviously, yeah, obviously you don't want to poke the bear. But let's talk about the town. How does the town feel about Trevor Lawrence and all that he has become since he's left high school? You know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword for me, or, or, in a good way. I mean, he is. He has put Cartersville in the spotlight. Certainly, we're a very proud community of over 20,000 people. We've got, we're the home of Ronnie Brown, who enjoyed success in the NFL, Andre Fluellen, who did as well, and uh, both great young men who have contributed back to the community. Uh, in our county, we also have Vic Beasley, who's a little bit north of here, who's enjoyed time in the NFL, and again, giving back to the community. Great people, as in addition. But, you know, Cartersville had the opportunity because of Trevor Lawrence to be on ESPN and play a football game in our home stadium. And to spotlight our community on ESPN or, you know, anywhere nationally. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was an ad campaign for Adidas that featured Cartersville's football uniforms on there. It wasn't our players, but it was our uniforms. And the level of, of attention that we have gotten and positive attention because of, of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's kids. Listen, there's been kids in this town when, when Trevor was still here wearing, wearing number 16 purple jerseys. Now everybody's been wearing you know, purple, uh, excuse me, orange number 16 jerseys. And unless something really, really strange happened of biblical proportions, there's going to be a lot of teal 16 jerseys being worn around Cartersville. And, and I'll, I'll probably buy one myself. Oh, uh, man. Well, I know it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for Trevor Lawrence. It's an exciting time for everyone at Cartersville, Georgia. Mayor Massantini, thanks so much for joining the Moose 6 podcast. Thanks, Bucky. Uh, Buck, that was awesome, man. Uh, I'm glad you got a chance to visit with him. Uh, again, people knew about Trevor Lawrence as an eighth grader. I mean, so when we talk about, you know, expectation and what the expectation could be at the next level, this kid's been dealing with expectations since he was 13, 14 years old. Yeah, and I, and I think there that's something to being comfortable being in the spotlight. Uh, we always talk about franchise quarterbacks and all of the stuff that comes along with it, the responsibilities, the increased attention and scrutiny. But Trevor Lawrence has been dealing with that literally since seventh and eighth grade uh, to step up in Cartersville. And even though we can talk about it being a small town, football was big to handle that pressure, to handle responsibility, to beat out um, a player who was older and then to continue to keep Cartersville winning at a high level speaks volumes about who Trevor Lawrence is and, and why there's so many scouts that really love uh, what he could be at the next level. No doubt. Uh, well, I mentioned him a little bit earlier and visiting with Trent Dilfer up there at the uh, at the opening, the Elite 11 event that you're a part of, Buck. Um, but to get some more thoughts on Trevor Lawrence uh, from Trent, I thought was something we had to do here with this 360 episode. And you had a chance to visit with our buddy Trent Dilfer. Obviously, this is a fun time for us because I feel like we get a chance to see these young quarterbacks grow up in front of our eyes. And so... What I would like to do is go back to 2017, two of the top guys that came through the process, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence. 
When you first laid eyes on Trevor Lawrence, what did you think? I think he was a sophomore or freshman in high school. I can't remember. Uh, and I, I just said, wow. I mean, here was a kid that already was mature beyond his years. Uh, obviously was a great athlete, but was also pretty clean. You know, he'd been coached very well uh, in Georgia by Joey King. Uh, had developed well, had uh, played a lot of seven on seven, and already had played a lot of football at the varsity level. So uh, he, he looked like a man even when he was 15, 16 years old. And as he went through the Elite 11 process, he only grew bigger and stronger, more powerful, and honed his craft. And But the thing I always, the story I always tell about Trevor isn't the physical stuff, it's the mental stuff, it's the competitive stuff. I, I remember at the opening, uh, the year he was there, uh, he he was a sponge with Craig Knoll, one of our coaches who played seven years in the NFL and, you know, was bugging him late at night, going into his room after hours and asked him to teach him more ball. This is a kid that loves football. He loves to learn. He has zero entitlement to him. He has no ego. Uh, he's a team above self guy. So he checks every single box there is to check as a prospect and he was checking it back when he was 17 years old i mean i remember seeing watching him at the opening saying this guy could go to an nfl training camp right now uh, and throw one-on-one -on -one, throw routes on air and look like an nfl quarterback you know it's funny that you you talk about that i, I distinctly remember that it got tough for him a little bit at, a, at the opening mm -hmm. um, in the mm -hmm. finals what did you discover in watching him go through some adversity uh as a young person well, that's the biggest thing I look for, to be quite honest with you. I base a lot of my evaluations off how they respond to setbacks. Uh, we look at it in-game with an acronym, PACE, plays after critical blares, uh, study that really hard. Uh, and then in that environment, a camp environment or in a high school football game environment, a practice environment, off the field, a guy can you know be a knucklehead off the field and how does he respond to that after the fact. So uh, I think it's – I think – that metric or, or that uh, evaluation has a lot to do with their long-term success because you're going to have a lot of setbacks. You're going to have a lot of adversity. Uh, and it's it's not what happened to you. It's how you respond to it. And, and Trevor's a guy that, whether it was the opening, whether it was not winning the final game of his high school career, whether it was a setback at Clemson, he's always been a guy that bounces back better the next opportunity. And that's really what you're looking for. I mean, Tom Brady's thrown a lot of interceptions. He's lost a lot of games. He's had a lot of stinkers. He's had a lot of bad series. I think what separates him is that relentless pursuit of the next opportunity. Uh, and that's why he's been at his best for 21 years in those situations. Yeah, I mean, kind of echoed what, what he had said to me, right, Buck? I mean, this looked like an NFL quarterback as a, as a high schooler. He did. And Trent talked about the adversity that Trevor faced during that event. And I would say, having competed against Trevor during that event, uh, it was difficult for him because it had been very, very easy for him to dominate. And it's the first time that I would say the playing field is level. And so to see Trevor have some struggles, but to see the resiliency, the toughness, the grit and determination where he was able to bounce back and finish off strong, um, once again, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, you're always looking at how do they respond to bad things? That event, Trent kind of talked about, but but Trent kind of saw some of those things that we all see and we all like about him, his ability, his toughness, because I think that toughness comes out in a few different occasions. Hey, no doubt. Um, uh, our next guest here is somebody that's known Trevor again, going all the way back to seventh grade. Um, so we're getting some 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 really good looks at Trevor Lawrence from different angles here. Uh, this is uh, Ron Veal, who is a private quarterback coach. Again, he's worked with Trevor Lawrence since middle school, and we had a chance to visit with Ron. 
the first time that you met Trevor. When was that? And, uh, and tell us a little bit about that one. Well, the first time I met him was at a football camp around the age, well, high school, I mean, middle school around the seventh grade. He came out to a camp um, long and lanky, and one of the parents introduced me to him, and that's how I started. You know, in thinking about him being long and lanky, Coach, how were you able to build up his mechanics so he was able to become such an efficient passer at the high school level? I really think that was um, it was already there. He was more a bottoms-up guy where you would work on his footwork because his delivery was already there. We just cleaned up a little bit as he as he matured and his body caught up to his age and his growth. But for us, like, throwing the ball, that was already there. It was just, I think he's just a natural Coach, thrower. No doubt. Coach, when you, when you look at Trevor, we see it, you know, we saw it in the Ohio State game in 2019 when he took off and ran. Um, just the example of the, the athlete that he is. Lawrence took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, and breaks a tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown, Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play. Is there a moment uh, during your time training with him, working out with him, that uh, that kind of jumped out to you, just his overall athleticism? Yeah, always, you know, he played baseball as well, so he was a well-rounded athlete. He was always athletic in the drills that we would do for us, like his movements in the pocket, getting out, throwing the ball on the run. So those things were there. I just didn't know he was that fast um, when he ran away from those guys on Ohio State. He showed great length and he covered a lot of ground. <laughs> uh, you know, Coach, you talk about the athleticism. One of the things that Trevor is known for is his competitiveness. When you've been working with him, have you seen examples or do you have examples of when that competitive fire has come out? Yeah, I think he's more of a perfectionist with the uh, competitiveness. Every ball has to be in a great place for him. Um, that didn't feel right, didn't come off right. Um, he always worked on his craft for us, like timing and anticipation. So I think that competitive edge is always there, especially in a game. I think everybody see how he looks and thinks that he might be a soft kid, but he's very um, competitive and he'll fight you, fight you to the end. Coach, we know he had a huge reputation coming out of high school. Do you remember when um, that kind of exploded, when he started to get really a lot of attention locally and then kind of growing beyond locally to nationally? And, and how did he handle that? I think he handled it well. I answered the back end for all the attention that he received during high school. And it even started in middle school with him because everybody knew who he was. And he started as a freshman in high school as a ninth grader playing football here in Georgia. That's pretty impressive. And he started for four years and he went to what, I think three state championships and won a couple of state championships. And um, for as the hype of it, I just, I always remember we was at a Chick-fil-A one day watching film and this elderly lady said, you are Trevor Lawrence. And she's like, do you mind if I take a picture with you and get an autograph. And he was so gracious in that. It wasn't arrogant or anything like that. So at that point in time, I knew that he learned how to deal with his status um, as a, I would say, a celebrity. You know, real, think quick, about, Buck, real quick, Buck, I, I got to follow up on that. Coach, as somebody who played quarterback, if my if I had a, a quarterback coach who was training me at a Chick-fil-A, I do believe I would have far exceeded the level at which I played. I mean, that is that's next level right there. <laughs> That was a breakfast spot, man. <laughs> now we would go to review film and global stuff, but 
it worked for him. It was right across the street from his high school. <laughs> uh, that's funny, Coach. Um, one thing on Trevor, because you talked about him being a freshman, uh, leading a team that was very, very successful. One of the things that he's known for is winning. Uh, what is it about him that enables him to get his team to the winner's circle consistently? I think he's just not a selfish person. And um, he can make other people around him better, even from to the last guy on the roster to the first guys on the roster. I think he treats everybody the same. And he leads by example. He's not a rah-rah guy, but he leads by example. He's going to be the first in, the last one out. He's going to um, encourage, encourage, encourage. And um, that's the biggest things I see from him. Coach, what was the reaction from, from the community uh, seeing after he goes to Clemson and that game where he as a young player tears up this legendary Alabama defense to win a national championship? What was the, was the reaction from folks in, in town there? Well, you know, he's north of Atlanta in Cartersville. I'm sure he was um, praised to the hilt. But what he's doing for the kids here in Atlanta in the metro area is just showing that there's a way that you can accomplish all of these things by just doing work and being being humble as you go about what you're doing. And success will come from the hard work. And I think he put in a whole lot of hard work along with the talent that he has. With, with those two kids being together, Coach, um, did they ever train together? Did Justin and Trevor ever train together? And if so, what was that like? Well, we only did it one time. I said two, but they said one. Um, we had it where after their freshman year at Georgia or going into their freshman year at Georgia and Clemson, we had them on the field together. And usually neither one of them talked during a session. So this session was even extra quiet because you could see the competitive level go and go and go. And there was this type of session where you don't really say much. You just watch and enjoy it because it wasn't much to say. It was just they they went at it from head from the start to the finish. And um, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. You know, Coach, how unusual is it to have two, I mean, top picks within 35 miles of each other. Is there a high better quarterback talent in that area in Georgia? Yeah, right now, I, I'm kind of biased, but yeah, I think we have a, a good group of people training quarterbacks in Atlanta right now. And um, Atlanta has a good group of kids, maybe 15, 20 kids right now got D1 office here in Georgia. And um, I don't know if it's a hotbed, but something is happening and something Something good is happening on our end, and we'll take it. So, like I said, those two kids are helping so many other kids that they probably don't even know about, like, as far as their dreams of playing at the next level or even making it to the NFL. But what they're doing is really helping a lot of kids in the Metro from the standpoint, like, I can do the same thing if I really, really focus on what I'm doing. And and I respect and have humble, be humble about the game. It's nowhere it can take me somewhere, you know? Well, a couple takeaways here, Buck. First of all, I love the fact that he's doing work in Chick-fil-A. Uh, that's, uh, that's a win for me. That, that's uh, that's going to get you a little not, a bump up in the grade uh, watching film in, in Chick-fil-A. Uh, but to me, the other thing that really stood out is uh, the fact we, we talk about this phrase, and I think some people, maybe they think it's, it's hokey or what have you, but when you say a guy's a natural thrower, 
some of these kids, you can just tell the first time they picked up a baseball or a football, like that's what it was supposed to look like. And, and to me, that's kind of Trevor, just a real easy, natural thrower. Yeah. Easy, natural thrower. Um, and I think the talent is always there when you look at it, because it doesn't look like he exerts a lot of energy and effort when he makes throws. Um, Coach Veal's outlining of Trevor's like perfectionist tendencies and how he just wants to do it right all the time and how he's driven to uh, do those things. I think that's a common thread that's shared amongst great players. And so to identify and spot that in Trevor Lawrence early, I think it kind of highlights why he's been able to have the success that he's had as a young player. Well, we used to say in the draft room, you know, our bosses used to tell us, hey, paint a picture of this player, you know, paint a picture. If we've never seen him before, you got to describe him and tell us about him so we can close our eyes and, and imagine what he looks like. That's what we're trying to do here in this 360 episode. So hopefully you've got a good feel uh, for what Trevor was like kind of coming through high school and, and the early development and, and when he got started in this sport. Now we want to transition to what took place once he got to Clemson uh, because he has had one of the better college careers uh, of a quarterback that we've seen. And gosh, since we've been doing it, Buck, going back 20 years. Um, so let's jump into that. And to do that, let's bring back Coach Dabo Sweeney uh, for a little bit about what took place there at Clemson. I think Trevor can be an international superstar. You know, there's not many football players that become international superstars. Uh, I think part of the part of that is just because you know we all wear helmets and uniforms, and you know you kind of get uh, identified by that, and then you take the helmets off, and you know you become a normal person. And sometimes you blend in. Trevor doesn't blend in uh, in, in any <laughs> regard, and, and I think that I think he's one of those guys that you know just because of his presence. Uh, he, he's got a chance to really transcend uh, the sport. What would you give? Because I know what I would give. What would you give to just be able to wear Trevor's hair for like maybe this like a week? If you could just walk around <laughs> with that mane for a week, what would you give? Well, if I'd have known you were going to ask that question, I would I would have put my wig on because I got a Trevor wig. Uh, I've got one. I've got a Trevor wig with a 16 on the forehead right there. Uh, yeah, I've, I've worn that for Halloween. I've worn it to a couple of team meetings along the way. And, you know, uh, I've had some fun with that. But, you know, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work to me, but uh, you got to worry about your shampoo and, you know, the flip and all that stuff, you know, but. Hey, it works for him. I don't know that I could pull it off, but I guess if you're <laughs> six six, uh, you can. It, it goes with it. But you know, the cool thing about him is is he does have this look of Hollywood. You know, he really does. Like, you know, but he, I'm telling you, he is the most un-Hollywood guy you're ever going to meet. He is just very simple, very disciplined. Uh, you know routine guy and uh just just very normal very normal guy uh like i said he looks like this you know like he's got all this uh you know almost some prima donna to him but he does it man he's he probably uses pantene you know simple shampoo he probably doesn't have anything fancy or anything like that <laughs> well, that's great coach my, we have to do we have to do comps right so you know for the network we always have to come up with comparisons for these guys and so uh with trevor i said well he's not there's not one comp for him he's kind of a unicorn in that in that degree so to me i just said look he's got justin herbert's frame and he's got jennifer aniston's hair you know like that's that's, <laughs> as, that's as good as i can come up with <laughs> yeah he i don't really have a comp for him either i mean i really don't there isn't I mean, one right uh, I, I don't know who, who he, he come is up with. he is 
is very unique. You know, I mean, a lot of people, I, in fact, we did, I just did a thing with the, he and uh, Peyton. We did a little thing down at the golf tournament, Masters Golf Tournament. That was kind of fun seeing those two, uh, you know, because that was really his hero growing up was Peyton Manning. Mm. That's why he wore 16. Was for Peyton. Peyton was funny because he was like, golly, if, you know, you didn't like if I was his hero, you, I wish you'd have chosen my alma mater, uh, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's, he's big like Peyton, uh, but just a better athlete, you know, I mean, he can just yeah. flat out run. I mean, he's so different. Uh, so I, I, I can't really recall anyone like him that had the combination of that size and speed and, mm. and arm talent. Uh, it's mm. it's unique and and just an incredible football IQ to go with it. I mean, he, he's uh he's got a high aptitude for the game, processes things quickly, anticipates well, you know, can make all the throws, and uh, got a bright future for sure. Well, I thought it was it's fascinating, Buck. When we think of comps, I don't know that there is one uh, for Trevor. It's just different, right? I mean, we can say a little bit mm-hmm. of this guy, a little bit of that guy, but it's uh, as Coach said, it's it's hard to come up with one. Yeah, it is hard to come up with one. And when we think about Trevor and you watch him, you know, it's funny because you just don't see guys his size with his athleticism, his arm talent. I know recently we've seen Justin Herbert come into the league, but it's kind of hard to compare somebody like that so quickly. But yeah, Trevor's a he's a unique player. He's a bit of a unicorn at the position. Yeah, no doubt. He's definitely different. Um all right, let's uh let's get back to his parents here. Uh this is Jeremy and Amanda Lawrence. Uh, about that uh, that magical run there, his first year at Clemson. We bring five. Lawrence picks up the blitz, delivers, and is in another circus catch by Ross. Wow! Amanda, I, I want to go back to you on this one. The uh, his freshman year, and I see, I, I believe, I don't know if the jerseys behind you are from that uh, from that season or not, but to to step on that stage and take over the position when he did, and then to go on that run. Um, I mean, what was that like for you, for you as parents? I'll start with you, man, and just to experience uh, what a magical time that was uh, for him and, and your family. Yeah, it, it was really exciting. I mean, I was so proud of him and, and just, you know, he went out and competed and he didn't let any kind of press or, you know, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, what the, the press was anticipating or whatever. He didn't let that bother him. He, he knew that he had a job to do when he went to Clemson, that he was going to, you know, compete for the starting job. That's what all the quarterbacks do or any position that you're, you know, assigned to or that you play. And, you know, he gave it his all. And um, yeah, I was just super proud of him. You know, I know you have to be proud of not only what he's become on the field, but it seems like over the last year or so, he's really grown into the leadership position in terms of the face of Clemson. Uh, have you seen him grown uh, from your own eyes as a parent in terms of a leader and as a, a role model for others? Well, I mean, one one thing that comes to mind straight away is um, the Ohio State game when we were down and then we ended up coming back and, and winning that game. I mean, he didn't let anything get him down. He really picked up his team and was like, guys, you know, we can do this. And um, really just didn't give up. And he's he's always been persistent in that aspect. And um, yeah, I'm just super proud of how he's grown as a leader and that he can, you know, be an example to his teammates, a hard worker, 
um, you know, don't give up. You know, he, he realizes along with that, the, the platform he has to impact people off the field and uh, he embraces that and, uh, you know, really wants to take advantage of that opportunity. So I think he's definitely grown in that capacity and I think he will continue to do that. Well, this is this is probably the most important uh, question that I have for you guys. You guys have been great with us today. Um, I, I just I, I got to know as somebody who's a little bit thin up here and as Bucky, who's somebody who's more thin up there, <laughs> where does this beautiful flowing hair uh, come from, from Trevor? Who did he get his hair from? Not for me. <laughs> it's just thinned a little bit over the years, but he had a head full of hair. <laughs> that's gonna. You realize, guys, that's the first. That's the first endorsement deal that's coming. I mean, I, if it hasn't come already, I mean, that's the first one that's coming. If he's gonna have a shampoo deal uh, before the first contract is even signed, that's absolutely. I do think he's going to have a shampoo deal, Buck. I think that's coming. Uh, that's just a matter of time there. I mean, that's that's the easiest marketing deal anybody could ever put together. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, man, he has he has everything that you look for. It, it's easy to be jealous when you see a kid who has all the size and physical gifts that, that you want. You see the hair, which certainly stands out and makes him an even bigger superstar when you look at it. And then just the overall talent and the way that he wins. Some guys just have that magical ability to get their team to the winner's circle Trevor went on one of the best runs that we've seen in college football in terms of leading the Tigers to their first national championship. And for him to do it as a freshman is uncommon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great to catch up with his parents again uh, on that topic. Um, all right, let's bring back Trent. Um, again, Trent knows Trevor going back to the Elite 11, and I thought he has a, a good feel for the evaluation and what you see when you study and what he did at Clemson. Trevor wins a national title very early in his career, and then he gets Clemson back, but he he loses in the semifinals and then loses in the finals um, during those two years. In watching him as a college player, what are the things that you're most impressed with, and what are you things that he has to continue to work on to be the player that we all think that he could be at the next level? Well, we'll start with what he needs to improve on, and it's been something he's been working on since high school, but just recently in the last couple months he's really identified it with Jordan Palmer I spoke to Jordan a couple weeks ago uh, and the things that Trevor came in wanting to work on are the same things that myself and Jordan and others kind of identified he's got to become more flexible in his upper torso so he has very poor thoracic flexibility therefore he doesn't rotate as a thrower he goes distal and forward as a thrower so he tends to be wide and spread out at times um, that leads to some of the inconsistencies uh, I think he addressed that already. Uh, he wants to play with a more stable base. Uh, he wants to stay more level. Uh, so fundamental stuff, fundamental stuff that'll lead to more consistency. And that's the only knock you can find on Trevor is that every once in a while, a ball will get away from him when he's really trying to rip it or when he's rushed uh, because there's some slight tweaks he needs to make fundamentally. Uh, but that's really it. <clears throat> he has as good eyes for the game, uh, as good a presence in the pocket uh, a feel for people around him, when to become, uh, when to attack the line of scrimmage as a runner and when to buy time with shuffles and slides in the pocket. There's a great clip, I think it's against Notre Dame uh, in the in the playoff game where they're running kind of a dive in, fake a crossing route and then a high corner off of it. And he's getting pressured and 99.9% .9 of quarterbacks would have not bought the time. 
to make the throw and he goes backwards in the pocket because the defensive line, linemen are coming up on him and takes probably 60% off the ball and lays it out to a spot and they get 30 yards out of it. Uh, little nuances like that in his game. He's playing the professional level game uh, at the college level. Uh, he's a he's a horsepower twitch guy and I, I kind of introduced this concept a couple years ago with Justin Herbert as a sophomore. And saying, you know, there's a guy coming up that has a rare combination of horsepower and twitch. Because typically what she gives you, you guys have horsepower. They're very powerful. They're strong. Uh, they have physical confidence. Think Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, some of the giants of the game. Uh, but they lack some twitch. They lack that. Uh, and the next thing you know, they're gone or their eyes see it and it comes out of their hand. Uh, and then you see a littler guys at times. Johnny Manziel. Uh, some of the smaller guys that they're so twitchy, but they lack power. Well, very rarely do you find the guys that have both. Uh, Andrew Luck was really the first one, lacked a little twitch, but had it. I thought Herbert was another one that had it. Uh, and now you're looking at Lawrence, who's really the ultimate model horsepower and twitch. So uh, from a trait standpoint, that's what it is. And then, and then he has every throw in the catalog. Uh, we always talk about how big is your throw catalog. Uh, some guys are great at outbreaking routes. Some guys are good at target routes. Some guys throw a lot of crossing routes. Some guys throw some runaway, runaway routes, deep ball, quick game, RPO, catch and throw, whatever it is. He's got them all. The one thing about this offense is it's, I wouldn't call it a system, and at times it's lacking. But over his career, they have added volume to the catalog, and he's pretty much made every throw you're going to be asked to make in his college career. A deep throw by Lawrence, a lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. I like that, Buck, horsepower twitch. You know, I, I've used both those individually. Talk about guys having horsepower, talk about guys having twitch. Uh, Trent just combined them all together. Yeah, I mean, he he does have, I mean, extraordinary gifts. And and that's why, because we talk about the six five six six frame, but the athleticism. And then the arm talent, the whip is outstanding in terms of being able to push it down the field, the way the ball comes out. You've talked earlier about it, him being a natural thrower. And so, yeah, the the best pitchers are the ones that can mix a little power with a little finesse. Trevor Lawrence is able to do that. Uh, it's always great when you can talk to somebody that is an expert at the quarterback position, as well as somebody who's coached uh, against Trevor Lawrence. And we had that opportunity uh, to visit with David Cutcliffe, who's the head coach at Duke and, and one of the premier voices uh, on the quarterback position. You about somebody that you had a chance to, to coach against. I know somebody that you had on campus as well. You've known for, for a long time, and that's Trevor Lawrence. Um, we all assume he's going to be the first pick here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what, what was your first exposure to him, and uh, what was your takeaway? Well, I mean, first of all, he's bigger than you think he is uh, he is faster than you think he is okay uh, I know his high school coach well he was well coached and trained in high school but the things that his high school coach said about him as a person as a teammate uh, I think he's displayed at Clemson that he's a great teammate which is extremely important probably the greatest compliment an athlete can get is being a great teammate and uh, so I do think he's humble, hardworking, um, you know, where he is in his progression uh, as a quarterback, I wouldn't know as much about, but he does possess uh, the skill level and 
really, again, going back to having great respect for his high school coach and remembering everything he said about Trevor makes you realize that he, he's got the intangibles uh, as well. It's great to hear you talk about that. I, w- one more perspective on Trevor. Being on the opposite sideline, when you face a guy like Trevor Lawrence, w- what do you feel like facing a guy like that? What's, what's the challenge when you face someone who's as talented and dynamic as a Trevor Lawrence? Well, I mean, we didn't really have an answer, to be honest with you. The challenges are is that he is big enough and he can be pure in that pocket. He can do what the guys I've coached before can do. Uh, and then he can create. So, like, we played against Johnny Manziel in his last game at Texas A&M. Good arm. Uh, we all know the mobility was incredible. But you knew he wasn't going to just stay in the pocket and throw it the way Trevor can. Trevor can throw out routes on time. He can throw digs on time. Um, you know, and that that's really, to me, what you've got to see is, and, and he's certainly the, the body type, you know, to do that. And I think that's the uniqueness when we didn't have an answer. I mean, if you just try to keep him in the pocket, rush high, he's going to be successful in there. Uh, you, you can't even not rush him and try to jump and bat balls because he's a good sized guy. So we struggled. Again, best thing you can do is limit the number of snaps they get somehow. So I thought the, the stuff about throwing on time uh, was impressive, Buck. As much as, you know, bigger and faster, more athletic and all that stuff than you maybe think when you watch him on tape to when you see him in person. I think the fact that he can throw routes on time, I think that point by Coach Cutcliffe was a big one. Yeah, I think that definitely was a big one. Uh, I think the bigger thing was Coach Cutcliffe pointing out that he just sensed that Trevor Lawrence was a great teammate. Uh, So much of what we talk about with the quarterback position has to do with the physical ability, but it's a leadership position. And being able to connect all types of players from different parts and, and different backgrounds and all those things and to support them and to get all of those guys kind of moving in the right direction for an opposing coach to be able to see that and identify that in Trevor Lawrence. It just kind of tells you how special Trevor Lawrence is. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting when you just kind of connecting the dots here and coach Cutcliffe having coached Peyton Manning. Um, you think about Trevor Lawrence wearing that number His Dabo told us because of Peyton Manning uh, at Tennessee. Um, so to me, I just think it's, it's interesting when you see this, you know, kind of path that he's on and there are, he does have a little bit of Peyton Manning to his game. Obviously he's a different athlete, um, but there is uh, there is some similarities there. It's it's fascinating when you when you get a chance to connect all these dots. Uh, another coach there in the ACC that we have a great relationship with, uh, one of my coaches from from App State is is uh, Scott Satterfield, who's done a really nice job there with that Louisville football program. Uh, we had a chance to to visit with him and and ask him his thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. I think you saw him this year, right? I don't think you played Clemson this year, but I know you saw him in nineteen. Um, just just playing playing against uh, and coaching against Trevor Lawrence and then also seeing him I'm sure you saw him on a ton of crossover tape this year just your take on him as a former quarterback yourself well you know he's he's really unbelievable I you know I, I try to find a weakness on him and I, I don't know what it is that'd be interesting to hear your take of what weakness you may think he has because you know he's six six he runs like he's six foot um, <laughs> he's got a tremendous arm he's um, he's very accurate. You know, but but I think that one thing that I love more about him than anything else is just his demeanor and his approach to the game. I think that sets him apart from from everybody else. You know, when you have that, I mean, he's he's more in the line of, of the Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady, the Drew Brees. 
he's got that about him. So, and those guys obviously are Hall of Fame type players. So he has the talent. He's got the skill set more so than you know. Tom Brady's tall, but he can't run. You know, Drew Brees is is, is short. You know, but he's got a great arm. You know, so he's got kind of all those intangibles, plus the things that you want: the leadership, the the humbleness that he has. The you know the team first mentality. People want to play for him and give everything they have for him. He's going to make everybody around him better. Um, you know, so he, he's a just, he's a man, he's a unicorn in my opinion. You know, I, I, I it's kind of nitpick. Like when he played those games, LSU and Ohio State, maybe when the pressure and the late changing coverage, they tricked him a little bit, but he is so good. I think coach for you, I, I think it's always fascinating to get a coach's perspective. When you're on the other sideline and your team is playing against a dude, meaning a franchise quarterback. What is that feeling like when you're facing him? Does it change how you approach it from offense, defense? Like, what is it like facing a top-notch quarterback on the other side? Well, yeah, yeah, it's very challenging, obviously. Now, we played him two years ago. I think we had two picks. So, he hadn't thrown interception in a while, and we ended up picking him off. Um, he threw into coverage a little bit, you know, trying to force the ball. But, um, you know, sometimes quarterbacks do that. But, but I think – I, you know, you really just try to contain him. I mean, really, you know, you, you know he's going to be able to make those plays. The thing about Clemson, too, is that you had some other players that are really good. You know, some of those wide receivers, the running backs. So, I mean, you really you really just can't try to focus on stopping him. So, um, that's where it makes it really challenging, I think. But but I think you just want to try to keep everything in front. You don't want to give up those big plays um, that he's obviously capable of doing. Try, try to make him get impatient, I think. So, you know, just give him the underneath throws and see if he'll take them all day. You know, mm-hmm. some quarterbacks won't. You know, they, they want to get, hey, I want to throw that ball down the field. I want to get a little bit hungry and, 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 and eager to throw the ball down the field. And that's where you get in trouble. Um, but if he has that patience, then it's going to be hard to beat him, you know, because they have so many great weapons around him. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's very difficult, I think, when you're facing somebody of that caliber talent. Well, as you know, Coach, I prefer it for the teams to just give me the underneath stuff. I didn't really want to have them just pushing it down the field. I'll, I'll take those layups all day long. Can't go broke picking a profit, as somebody once told me back in the day. That's true. Again, Buck, leadership, humility, um, some of those things that come up that you would think as an opposing coach you wouldn't really pay attention to, uh, more the skill set stuff. But, man, it just comes out. Everybody we talk to. Yeah, it, it, it comes out. So it's obvious, DJ, that – uh, Trevor Lawrence displays something on the field that other coaches can kind of sense. Sometimes we talk about the it factor and the swagger, but when I get that, I, I get from Trevor Lawrence, there's this self-assuredness, this quiet confidence that you can just pick up, that he kind of has this, I got it. Don't worry mm-hmm. about the team. I got it. And I think opposing coaches recognize that, and I think they appreciate that. No doubt. Um, we've had a chance to visit with Gosh, coaches and family members, uh, player, guys that have coached against him, um, trainers, you name it, Buck. We've talked to just about everybody. What we haven't talked to is a teammate, and we couldn't get through this episode without uh, getting a glimpse of Trevor Lawrence as a teammate. And we did that. Fortunately, you were able to catch up with arguably the best running back in this year's draft class, his teammate, Travis Etienne. It's a shovel pass in the middle. You know, so in, in, in thinking about Clemson, your program, you guys have been so successful. And so there's naturally a lot of attention on the players there. And one of the players has been Trevor Lawrence. What is it like to play with Trevor Lawrence? What is he like in the huddle? Uh, Trevor, uh, he's just cool, calm, and collected. I mean, uh, he, he, he really don't bust his opinion. But when he do, everyone stops and listens. And I feel like Trevor, uh, the, the sky's the limit for him. And, man, I mean, uh, it was really a great experience, a humble experience for me to be able to play with 
the number one quarterback, number one pick eventually. So uh, for me, I'm just forever grateful, hoping that I got to play with him. And I mean, man, the, the, those times you kind of take for granted, but looking back on it, you really see how special those moments was. You know, you guys were very, very special. You guys accomplished a lot. And it, it's funny because both of you guys were very, very young players when y'all won the national title. Uh, did it ever seem like it was overwhelming for you or for Trevor, like to step in that step on that big stage and really lead the team? Uh, no, sir, not at all. Uh, it was never overwhelming. That's just uh, the culture that we have. I feel like that goes credit to the culture. Uh, just just the, the group of guys that we had around us, I felt like uh, it was easy for Trev to step in and lead because everyone was so about their business. And uh, we, we, we all had one common goal, so it was easy for him to step in there and, and, and just do what he do. Well, Buck, I think we're we're kind of painted the picture here. You know, this is a there's a humble confidence to Trevor Lawrence. Um, there's as good as he is, there's still more uh, for him ahead. And I think Travis Etienne did a good job of kind of painting that picture. Yeah, he talked about it not being too big for him. And I think we all have been around uh, players where we like to see him in pressure moments and how they respond. And for a young player, a freshman player to play on a big stage and not to become overwhelmed by the task at hand. Um, Once again, it just kind of further confirms uh, a lot of belief from scouts that this guy is QB1. He is Mm -hmm. the guy. He should be celebrated as one of the best that we've seen come through the pipeline. And I I think everything that we've heard from those that know him well, from his, his family members to his coaches to opposing coaches, says that Trevor Lawrence is that dude. And I think if you're a team that is looking for a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, you sit at the top of the board, when you just listen to the background, all of those things make you really want to check off all the boxes. And it just kind of leads you to believe that this guy is going to have tremendous success when he gets to the next level, that he is going to be able to handle all the things that are put on him as a franchise quarterback. And that if given the time and given the support, that at some point he is going to help his team win and win big. All right, Buck, so now we know Trevor Lawrence, Jags, first overall pick, together with Urban Meyer. How does this whole thing come together? Uh, man, I, th- I think it comes together nicely. Uh, here's what I would say when I think about the Jaguars and I think about Urban Meyer. Uh, winners win, and Trevor Lawrence is a guy that has always won. Never lost a regular season game in high school and in college. His expectation is that he is going to play for a team that wins. He understands what it looks like. He understands how it should play out on the field. And when you're an ultra-competitive person like Urban Meyer, you want a quarterback that feels the same way. This works because these two guys are in lockstep. I expect great things from the Jaguars. I think this is going to be a very competitive team quickly because they've assembled not only Trevor Lawrence, they brought him in to be the face of the franchise, but they're bringing a bunch of other winners with him. And as he leads them, I think he's going to lead them to a ton of success. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this offense comes together and what it looks like. You know, are they going to get him under center? Um, is it going to be kind of a spread and shred? Are they going to try and be a you know a dominant run team and play off of that? Yeah, we'll have to see. There are a lot of different voices there uh, representing some different philosophies in terms of Schottenheimer, Bevel, um, how they put this offense together with Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to see it. But I think uh, we both are in agreement. And hopefully I think you will be, too, after listening to all the folks who know Trevor Lawrence very well through this entire episode this kid's not going to fail. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. He's ready for it. It's not too big. Uh, he's built for it. So we are excited to follow the Jacksonville Jaguars and new, their new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence.
Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. We appreciate you hanging with us. Uh, Again, you can check out the other 360 episodes we have, which are on uh, the new Bears quarterback in Justin Fields. You also have one on the new Jets quarterback. That is Zach Wilson. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, Those are coming your way. And uh, we appreciate you hanging with us here today on this very special Trevor Lawrence Move the Sticks 360 episode. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.